Welcome to another episode of Cinema Wheeler Tay. It's uh, Sean, Tony, and Scott as usual. Good morning. Hello. Hey. Good afternoon. Good day. <laughs> Good evening. <laughs> we cover all the bases now. Um, and we have a returning guest. I think it's twice now. This is the second. This would uh, make the second. Yeah, one of our favorites. Uh, Becky Solin, everybody. Hi. Hey. Thanks so much for having me back, you guys. Welcome back to the pack. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the pack again. The pack. That's right. You're in the club. Mm-hmm. Uh, and today uh, we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to explore a film by a director we've covered before. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, one of my ago. favorites. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and lead up it's john waters with hairspray yes 1988 hairspray by the way the og hairspray <laughs> the original yes which is currently streaming on netflix mm-hmm. i couldn't have been more excited yeah um oh. i had an interesting yeah. experience with that what <laughs> because i watched it <laughs> i didn't finish it i watched it on hulu and then it left hulu and went to netflix so i had to finish it i was finished <laughs> it on two different streaming <laughs> services so because it left because it was the end of the month. Oh, it left okay. on the 30th, and then it jumped to Netflix on the 1st of May. So what? Yes, it did. I noticed that, too. Yeah. <laughs> you told me about it. Like, yeah. That's yeah. interesting, because I was just watching it on Hulu last night. They had, they had like, the, the remake, the musical remake with John Travolta. That's been on Netflix for a while. And I tried to watch it, oddly enough, about maybe a month or two ago. I just couldn't. Yeah. I'm just too I, loyal to this one. I just yeah. couldn't give it a... Fair chance. <laughs> I, I liked it. There were some some really interesting differences that I hope we'll get into later. Um, but it was, you know, it came out during that, you know, musical revival, you know, movie turned into a Broadway musical, turned back into a movie period. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it was right in the middle of that. I ended up watching it on Hulu, like Scott did, except they had weird TV edits almost. Like, they would really? black out out of nowhere and go back into the scene. Like, I think these are the commercial breaks, and they just took oh, the television edit that's a shame. and put it together. Because wow. when I watched it on Netflix... Uh, it just flows. It flowed, yeah, like it's yeah. supposed to, so... Yeah, that's interesting. So because, fuck you, Hulu. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think Hulu um, puts... Hulu comer- does not endorse this podcast. No. <laughs> I think oh, Hulu yeah. puts commercials in theirs, so... Oh, sure do. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But this didn't have a commercial; it just blacked out out of nowhere mm. and moved back in. Um, so this is the first time I've ever watched the original Hairspray all the way through. What'd you think? Uh, I'll I'll get to that. <laughs> but uh, but I wanted to start with like how you Tony and you Becky came across because I know you have a history with with both John Waters and the movie. So we'll start with Tony and go. You, to Becky. you sure you want to start with our guest first? Well, we could go with Becky guest well. first. <laughs> all right. Well, um, yeah, Hairspray was the first John Waters movie I saw, probably like a lot of kids from the 80s and 90s. Um, Saw it on the Comedy Channel. um, Okay. And I remember that we we, uh, videotaped it off the Comedy Channel, so that was my um, one of my perpetually streaming movies (laughs) from my childhood. Um, Interesting, like when I. Um, I, I don't know if you guys remember Short Attention Span Theater on the Comedy Channel. Did anyone no. else have cable in 1992? Uh, <laughs> no. Possibly. I did, but if I didn't, I don't, I don't remember know. Short yeah. Attention Span. But that Comedy Channel was 
an extra. It was like the Disney yeah, Channel. Yeah, yeah, the Disney was like extra. I don't yeah. think we had the extras. Mm -hmm. I used to love that when the Disney Channel would like stream for a week. And <laughs> oh, and so I'd be taping everything. Yeah, that's that's. HBO like, would do that. Like uh -huh, the all of them. Yeah, like, yes. oh, yeah, that, that was yes, that was, classic that was the best. I have so many like, trial VHS, yeah. VHS tapes. Of it was movies. weekend trial. Oh, Dream On's on the night. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yes. The Australian guys, Michael McKeon guy. Oh my god. I used to love on the Disney Channel. I actually, we talked about this a few years ago, Sean. Remember that odd Alice in Wonderland series that was, it was called like Alice Through the Looking Glass? Oh, it was a live yeah. action series that came out in like the early 90s on the Disney Channel. I, I I feel like I Facebooked you like video clips of it because we talked about it a couple years ago. Yeah, do you remember? I, I kind of remember talking about what I do okay. remember from the Disney Channel. Not to get on a side tangent, but the weirdest was this this like Sesame Street styled Winnie the Pooh show where they had like oh, yeah. big Welcome six to foot tall. Yes. Yes. yes, yes, bam! I love that show. <laughs> Welcome to Pooh Corner. There was a lot of strange, like, kid shows in the 80s, like Pinwheel and yeah. Nickelodeon. And oh, stuff. Yes. oh, man, I yeah. love Clarissa Explains It All. Yeah, you can't yeah. do that on yeah. television. No, yeah. no, no, no. Was that, on the, oh, that, was, that like, was Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon. Yeah, I think it was, like, 91 to 93, maybe. It, yeah, that it was sounds very right. much yeah. first half of the 90s. <laughs> there was You Can't Do That on Television. I that watched. was a good That was Nickelodeon. Yeah. 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 There, I didn't know that, but there's competition cool. between 90s Nick and 80s Nick. I think really? 90s is better. Yeah, but there's the, right? people think 90s is like the come peak on, Nick. it totally was. I grew up in the 80s. Uh, Nick. On, I don't have a preference. Can point we talk 90s. about guts from the 90s on Nickelodeon? <laughs> no, double dare all the double way. Double dare. How about, fa <laughs> how about family double dare? <laughs> or uh, David the Gnome. <laughs> Maya the Bee. Which is the one? No, was that uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple? Oh, oh yeah, that was another. Yeah, that was that was elaborate. Yeah. I, I stopped after Double Dare. I think that's probably where yeah. I fell off the bandwagon. They used to have a, a kids' review show on Nickelodeon. Really? I remember this. I, not to go too much into this, which I already have. We've already gone down this rabbit hole. So <laughs> I think John but, Waters would appreciate yeah, he this. He would. Idea. That's exactly what we're doing. Um, but there was a. Siskel and Ebert style children's movie review program on. I Nick. remember that. No. Yes, and, and <laughs> I do remember it. My favorite, the one that sticks out, is it, it, it came out in 1988. Uh, they were reviewing Big, really? and the kids were really upset because they were all 13. Like no 13 year old I know acts that immature. So I don't think Tom Hanks really accurately portrayed kids. <laughs> so they were really angry <laughs> with so Tom funny. Hanks. Because they thought he hammed it up too much. That's funny. Not enough funny. understatement from Tom Hanks on that. <laughs> I remember Nick News. Yeah, I remember yeah. Nick News. Yeah, yeah. Nick News. Yeah. Nick News. You'd have a little round table. Discuss. I loved all that, which was kind of like the kids' version oh, of SNL. Yeah. yeah remember that? that right. Kenan yeah. Thompson. That was, yeah, that's how Keenan got his start. That's I was like, right. my dream was to be on all of that. I'm like, was I could do that. Amanda Bynes on that? Amanda Bynes is on it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And of course, Are You Afraid of the Dark? I mean, come yeah. on, Snick wouldn't be Snick. Are <laughs> oh, you afraid of the dark? I, I was a Nick at Night guy. That's what Nick I, at night, yeah. I was Me definitely. Mr. Ed. I like Nick at Night, but Snick was cool, yeah. No, Ren and Stimpy. Uh, are you afraid of the dark? Um, what else was on it? The Patty um, Duke show was another one I loved. <laughs> Uh, the hang Secret on. World of Alex Mack. Yes, The I Secret World of Alex Mack was on SNCC at one point. All that was on SNCC. Yeah, so SNCC was Saturday night Nickelodeon. Yeah. Right? yeah, and then Friday night was TGIF, so, you know, you had yeah. your priorities. <laughs> on, on What was it on? on uh, TGIF was like Full House, yeah. Boy Meets World, which was my favorite. 
uh, Family Matters, and Step by Step was on it for a while. It was, yeah. The original, I think, was Full House. Uh, Perfect, Strangers. Perfect Strangers. Yeah, Mr. I... Belvedere, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> I don't think that was the right answer. Mr. Cooper. Remember that? <laughs> oh, oh him yeah. and Mr. Cooper. I him with Mr. Cooper, yeah. That was on it. I think yeah. Mr. Belvedere was part of the Webster block, if I'm mistaken. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I always think of the... Uh, the uh, I think I was flipping back yeah. and forth through time. <laughs> you, might, you might be a little... You're predating uh, the TGIF. Changing, since, since changing channels in... Um, I always think of that um, Family Guy episode where Stewie's like trying to watch Mr. Belvedere because <laughs> people keep coming through and they're being oh, mad. Mr. Belvedere, and he's like Mr. Belvedere. Was it Bob Uecker on? Bob Uecker yeah. was on it. Yeah, he was like, "Hey, Belvedere." <laughs> <laughs> I wish he would just go into commentary after that too. Were they rich you know, enough that wouldn't it, wouldn't it be interesting to think of what would like a like a SNCC or a TGIF lineup be if John Waters could manipulate <laughs> yeah. it? That would oh, be cool. That's a great segue into. Yeah. <laughs> you like how I reeled that back in? I do. I do. This yeah. is this movie is his only PG movie, I think. Yeah. It's his Trojan horse. Yeah. Trojan horse. Mm-hmm. So Becky, what was your experiences? <laughs> yeah, sorry, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I um uh well I I caught like the the clip of hairspray um the finale and on short attention span theater. And it was interesting to me because from that clip I thought that Ricky Lake was the villain in the movie. Really? Which says a lot about me and how superficial I am. So um, are we dealing with a uh, uh, what's her name? You know, um, like, she was, yeah, she, um, it was, it was at the Miss Otto show. Yeah, um, Amber. Where, like, you know, right when the, the wig explodes, uh, spoiler uh, alert, everybody, mm-hmm. uh, there's an exploding wig. Um, so I, you know, I, I just thought that since, you know, one person was, was victimized, she was going to be the hero. And, oh, my expectations uh. were turned upside down when I finally saw the movie. And mm-hmm. I loved it the first time I saw it. Um, it was it was just a lot of goofy fun. Um, I love a rebellious dance movie as well, and mm-hmm. there are there's certainly elements of that in Hairspray. And, yes, um, you know it's the first time I had ever seen Divine, and it's just like, well, okay, what 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 is Divine? <laughs> it's like you knew it was a man, but you weren't sure. Like, yeah, I, I, I know that I like. This, but I don't know exactly what it is. That's awesome. Yes, divine is her own entity. Yeah. His own entity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll get into that too, because there's a tragic element to that. Sabrina's you know. favorite character in this movie is Divine, is Edna. <laughs> Doesn't Edna Turnblad. So I sent the guys a photo the other morning. I was I was watching hairspray on the iPad. And Sabrina, no joke, was like just sitting on the bed, just like staring at it. And it was the scene where Edna they were at the Turnblad's house, and mm-hmm. I think Edna and the husband were talking. And anyway, Sabrina was just like mesmerized by Divine. <laughs> Who isn't? I know. <laughs> Who wouldn't be? So Tony, what was this your gateway into John Waters? Absolutely. Too? Yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 I definitely have to. So I have a, an older sister, my big sister Cindy, who you guys have met. She's um, about eight years older than me. And when I was young, I just idolized her. Cindy was the epitome of cool. I mean, mm. she was like the beautiful, popular girl, but at the same time was like rebellious and kind of like a, like a free spirit. You know, she really was just very much her own person. And um, I thought she was the coolest. So anything Cindy did or anything Cindy watched, I had to do and I had to watch. And, you know, in 1988, I mean, I was pretty young when this movie came out. Um, 
I was three, so I don't think I had seen it right away, but I do remember watching it probably around the time I was about five, six, because I really took a personal liking into movies. And I may have talked about this a little bit on the podcast, probably when we did The Wizard of Oz, because that was my first favorite movie ever, which was also John Waters. Mm -hmm. So that's kind Mm, of an interesting Mm. segue. But uh, my parents were divorcing at that point in time, and so I really turned to movies for friendship, for escape, um, and for whatever it was that I might have been missing. And so, like you, I think we had recorded Hairspray, or somehow it became, it found its way in the Sacco household. And my sister Cindy loved it, and I instantly um, fell in love with it because even from a young age, I loved old movies, and so this is based in the 60s, so I didn't realize it was like a new movie. I thought maybe it was really an old movie, mm-hmm. but um, it was just silly, you know, from a child's perspective. There's just a lot of, I don't even know, like debauchery going on, and just silliness yeah. and over campiness. The very over the top. The costumes and, and the characters, um, and so I found a lot of humor in it, but I also liked the style of it. I didn't get the adult jokes until later in life, um, but uh, yeah, this was just sort of one of those movies that my sister kind of inadvertently and indirectly um, and unintentionally kind of gifted me with that uh, that love of camp. You know, at a young age, I loved watching Rocky Horror too, and and uh, I don't know. I just thought it was fun. And I remember watching, like, Monster Squad, Wizard of Oz, Hairspray. There, there's about, like, Clue. There's probably about a half a dozen movies that were, like, on rotate in my, in my world, like, that I was always watching that, that uh, the Sacco sisters kind of liked. Oh. But Hairspray was definitely one of them, and uh, I've, I've loved it ever since. Well, this is the first time I've actually watched it. Which is so sad, but cool. Yeah, it is. Uh, well, my, my experience with John Waters, like, I knew him, I think, like, in the 90s. I became aware of him as a personality mm-hmm. more than I knew of him as a filmmaker. And I think you would see clips of, like, this and see snippets of it on TV. I have weird mm-hmm. television viewing habits anyway. I'll start <laughs> flipping and then flip back to something else and not watch it all the way through. Um, like that Cry Baby is another one I think it was on Comedy Central a lot when With I was in John college Dez. that you know, is like see. a true musical yeah. his John Waters mm-hmm. musical yeah mm-hmm. but just reading about stuff I'd start reading about John Waters and Pink Flamingos and Divine through movies that you need to see in the essentials mm-hmm. oh, and the yeah. history of filming mm-hmm. especially in the 70s because I was heavily into 70s cinema in college and I'm like well I want to see Taxi Driver Pink Flamingos I'm going to go with Taxi Driver <laughs> I was always like, it never really fell into like that, that wavelength. But over time, you know, as I start to watch more and more things, and um, I've really, uh, so I actually never really got around to seeing Hairspray all the way yeah. through. Um, also, might have been turned off at the fact it was becoming so popular 10 years ago because of the music. Yeah, I'm not a fan. We'll definitely dive into that. I had my feelings on that. Yeah. So, th- so I sat down to watch it. I knew enough people who loved John Waters and loved the movie. And I loved it. Good. I seriously loved it. I'm so glad. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. I mean, I love, I love, like. You liked Cereal Mom. I did, yeah. So, uh, yeah, which yeah. was oh, amazing. So, when that came out, I was like 10, and I was like, I get this. I just thought right. Cereal Mom. We already did that one on the podcast, but okay. Yeah. I and digress. I, I always respected him, but uh, I, I never really delved into the catalog or the filmography. But 
um, when I watched it, uh, I loved it. It, it, it. It's definitely in you know, on par with like the Coen Brothers and Wes mm-hmm. Anderson and uh, like t- early Tim Burton movies. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's very quirky, offbeat, subversive. There's like four yeah. moments I really want to talk about in the movie that I think are absolutely hilarious. Number one, the casting is great in this movie. Oh, totally. Yeah. I, the, 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 <laughs> this is right up my alley. Um, but I, I really enjoyed it. So, Scott, what's your... Uh... Um, yeah, I think uh, mom, our mom, Sean and I mom, um, she, she said that she liked the movie. Yeah, Yay, Lori! <laughs> So I had heard it. I'm and surprised went, your dad doesn't. I feel like he would like it. He probably, I don't know. He probably he would. It. He, my dad takes a while for him to move into things. Gotcha. Like, not that he has anything against it. Sometimes yeah. it's just like it's not in his trajectory. Yeah. So yeah. But uh, I don't know. I didn't see it. I think you showed it to me. When we first watched yeah, it. Yeah. I think we did. A couple years ago, I think it was on Netflix, and I got so excited. Remember? We did. I remember we watched it at my apartment. No, or did, did you rent it? Did we rent it from uh, Family Video? Maybe it was on. I don't know. I, I remember it. getting so excited about showing you Hairspray. We did watch it together. We're cutting this short until you guys figure it out. <laughs> I know she showed it to me because I remember Courtney yeah. Collins. But I had forgotten yeah. a lot of it when I watched, uh-huh. we watched it again. And uh, it was, yeah, it, it's, it surprises you because you think it's going to be one thing and it's another. Yeah. And I think a lot of it's because it was, mm-hmm. was a musical in the 2000s and stuff. So And that takes away from, I think, the charm of the yeah, original. Exactly. I like I liked the... I like it when it's not a musical, yeah. but there's a lot of like dancing to mm-hmm. like old fifties music. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah. not like they're doing singing numbers. Yeah, well, that's what it was obviously intended to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It really isn't a musical, but well, two things surprised me about it. Well, the big thing was I did not know this delved into race. Like the movie oh, was ultimately yeah. about race mm-hmm. relations in Baltimore, and that which took was me like off a, guard yeah. but I loved that aspect of it but I, I my impression of it was like Ricky Lake goes up and starts dancing <laughs> so that was kind of my <laughs> basic uh, superficial superficial take on it and my only familiarity really with Ricky Lake is the Ricky Lake show which well, I never really watched well this was I think really her first movie either. ever uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah so she was you know was a, this that introducing Ricky yeah, Lake yeah I think it was <laughs> yeah, that mm-hmm. they always put the interview you know and introducing yeah <laughs> The other one is and, uh, and her and her and Divine are such a great mother daughter duo. Yeah. I mean, they really are. Like the scene where she gives Divine the makeover, I think is so fun. Yeah. And just I don't know, Divine just cracks me up in this movie. We could go more into that, yeah. but I think she's she's definitely overlooked, maybe a little bit in this movie. Well, we could talk um, about her now, I guess. You, okay, yeah. 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 I mean, her one liners and just. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I was I was laughing out loud this morning because I, I had the movie on when I was kind of getting ready. The scene where um, all the kids kind of run away for that night, like mm-hmm. Penny runs away and everything, like, before they get caught. Oh, and d- d- they're, like, driving through, like, an alley, and Divine's like, Tracy, it's your mother. She- she's like, Tracy. Don't and then, run. yeah, you're, you're her heels. heels. <laughs> and it's just, yeah, you're full. And it's, like, so just, like, hokey and, like, over the job. And and it's, like, what a man thinks a woman would be or say. Right. And then, like, when they're always at the apartment, at their, their town home or row home, you know, she's like, I've got ironing to do. She's always like, touch my diet pills. <laughs> I mean, just like the stuff she says. And then I love it when Amber at the end's like, she's got roaches in her hair. And she's like, not my Tracy. My Tracy is a clean team. <laughs> I mean, she's just so funny. Like, yeah. I, I absolutely adore the Turnblad family. Yes. Um, and they're they're good to contrast with um, Penny's family and Amber's family, 
they're really supportive. Yes. Mm-hmm. And like I like Jerry Stiller, you know, work mm-hmm. can be fun, you mm-hmm. know. And the 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 way that Edna Turnblad is able to shift right into, well, yes, I'm her manager. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> they, yeah. she has confidence and yeah. If we like, I'm just going to tease the difference with the the musical version. You know, the musical focuses a lot on Edna being a shut in and mm-hmm. ashamed of herself. No way. No, Tracy <laughs> is a reflection of her mom. Yeah, they, these mm-hmm. are strong women mm-hmm. who, you know, maybe maybe they're a little bit, you know, lower middle class, but they're kicking ass mm-hmm. right off the bat. They they know that they can do what they want to do even if it's ironing like well i think that was just a stereotype of what he thought women would be like in 1960 which is what cracks me up you know she's always like i've got an ironing it's like her go-to line i'm trying hard in here it's like patrick bateman after return videotapes it's like what you know she always is talking about i gotta iron yeah but no you're absolutely right becky i I think the same thing and and it's really refreshing and i was going to talk about that you know i think if we were to expose you know, this new generation to the original Hairspray, you know, just to show that for young girls and confidence and body image, Mm -hmm. you know, I love the fact that an untraditional heroine girl body type is the the heroine in this movie, you know, and Mm -hmm. that um, I know John Waters is probably doing it to rebel in a way or or just to be Mm -hmm. that you know, the oddball opposite of what would typically be done, but really I think it's a beautiful thing and and, um, I think it's awesome, yeah, and Edna being so supportive and and, um, and not ashamed and uh, yeah. and then, you know, Tracy turned back getting, you know, Link, the handsome stud, right. you know, all these things that just go to show if you believe in yourself, you have confidence and you have a good support system, like Penny was a really supportive friend, mm-hmm. you know, you can, you can be who you are and embrace that and uh, other people will either get it and be on board with it or not get it and that's their fault. Well, in 1988, to see a movie with like a an overweight female mm-hmm. exactly. as the lead yeah. and the, who wins and uh-huh. gets everything was rare. Yeah. Um, and I'm one to talk about a body image, by the way, mm-hmm. I'm the perfect antidote. But um, I think that's great I, because it, it kind of shows that anybody can mm-hmm. lead a film. Mm-hmm. And um, it was refreshing because it wasn't your typical Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Nothing about this is typical Hollywood, yeah. um, mainstream, run-of-the-mill filmmaking. Like, like the cast is really reflective of John Waters. Only he would put this particular cast Absolutely. together. Absolutely, even yeah. the dialogue. I mean, you know, if you've ever read any of his books, it's like mm-hmm. you can hear him saying some of these lines. Oh, yeah. It's really yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say this is the the sanitized PG sequel to Female Trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll just leave that there. No, no, no. <laughs> People have to come to that. You know what I mean? You know. Um, I I loved um, I loved the family. I loved Divine's mm-hmm. performance too because it's yeah. really authentic. She, it She's is. still yeah. playing the character. Mm-hmm. Um, She's not overbearing. You know, she's not... Um, she shines, but she's not overshadowing anyone or anything. It's just mm-hmm. every character really in their own way, I think, kind of shines. And, and that's, I think, good direction, mm-hmm. you know. And, and I was doing a lot of – I love to just watch, like, John Waters interviews anyway. 
because I think it's just a super oh, yeah. cool, cool human, mm-hmm. yeah. and I love his perspective on a lot of things. And when I was prepping for the podcast, I was watching a lot of you know making of or interviews around mm-hmm. this time, and and one of the things he really talked about was that you know this cast really was like magic. You know, everybody had an awesome time together, everything fit. You know, when they wrapped it up, people were crying, they were sad. Everybody really loved being a part of that family and making mm-hmm. that film, and. Uh, you know, again, I just think that's a reflection of not only just a really cool piece of art, um, but even, you know, just John Waters and his direction and the kind of um, experience he wanted people to have. Well, this this is definitely an outsider's movie. People, Absolutely. It's about outsiders. Yeah. It's about outsiders trying to mm-hmm. move within the mainstream through that mm-hmm. show, the, the Corny Collins show. Mm-hmm. And uh, whether you're African American or if you're a working class family that doesn't mm-hmm. fit, like or overweight, overweight or whatever, you know, yeah, just mm-hmm. anybody that felt like an outlier. Mm-hmm. This is their movie where they actually get to succeed or, or push against that grain, uh, but it doesn't in such an irreverent, mm-hmm. funny way exactly. that, that it's really accessible. Um, we were talking about Penny Pingleton, okay? Oh, yeah. So this is one of the four scenes. When her mother like... comes in. <laughs> when her mother comes in. To the record shop? No, no. Not no. Right. That's a great scene, too. <laughs> with the gun. But the, the, our introduction to Penny's mom. <laughs> the first time. With, yeah. with, and this is the line. because Her name is Prudence, which is yeah, perfect. Yeah, Prudence Pingleton. Pingleton. alliterated John Waters. Oh, uh, no, the alliteration here. <laughs> no, the scarlet the, <laughs> This is the line. Penny Pickleton, you know you are punished. From now on, you're wearing a giant P on your house every day to school so that the whole world knows that Penny Pickleton is permanently, positively punished. I am dying because it's so quick and ridiculous. And, and that is the... John Waters. Like, that is straight yeah. up John Waters I... talking right and, there. And the big P on her shirt. And the whole Scarlet Letter thing cracked me Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Like he, I love, you know, and that's just, I just, I love that so much about John Waters is how he takes those um, universal, like all of us have read the Scarlet Letter. Most teenagers do. It's that one thing in high school that's, you know, kind of a boring book. And what does it really teach us? And, you know, if anything, I'm on, I'm on Hester Prince side, you know, (laughs) Hey, how about let's punish the minister? You know, it takes two to have a baby. Right. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I digress on that, but, um, (laughs) But I love how John Myers brings humor to that. And again, it's very high school. Yeah. You know, a lot of high schools kind of get that, but... Oh, yeah. But yeah. Well, and then I was also going to say the scene, it's so funny when Prudence is following them because they're going to visit Motormouth's record store mm-hmm. for the first time, and mm-hmm. she, fo- she follows them in the cab. Mm-hmm. Remember, she's like hugging her first, and then yeah. she realizes like what part of town she's in, <laughs> and she's like flipping out. And just that yeah. whole like... <laughs> It's, it's, it's hilarious, but but again, like okay, I've lived in Philadelphia. Yeah, that's real. Like people act that way, <clears throat> um, and I don't know. It just, it, I guess, it kind of resonated with me. Yeah. No. in my childhood. As yeah, as a kid, it was it was a great way to show how ridiculously irrational racism is. Yeah. Yes. Honestly, I mean the whole Corny Collins um, council auditions for the show is a perfect example of what mm-hmm. you were talking about, Becky, mm-hmm. where I think the one girl shows up. The African-American and, yeah, girl. And they're yeah, they're saying Negro Day isn't for a couple yeah. of weeks. The whole concept of Negro Day is a perfect... It's the end of the month. It's the end of the month, yeah. right. The well, end of the month. and that's that line you like when they're doing like the spotlight interview. <laughs> the council will meet in secret to debate your flaws. <laughs> no, the part when they, when they ask the African-American girl, how can you relate to Leslie Gore? Oh, I love that. That's the, the other line. Like, do you relate to the music of Leslie Gore? 
Leslie Gore was an ass kicker, by the way. Yeah, yeah, she was. Um, you don't own me. That's her. Yeah. Yeah, it's my she party. Was like, I think she so. was about 15 or she was really young when yeah. she recorded that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the other thing, too. You know, the soundtrack is so awesome in this movie. It I is, mean, I grew up yeah. listening to 50s and 60s because mm-hmm. we had those big cassette classic. <laughs> it's a lot of food questions. items. Oh. <laughs> mashed yeah, potatoes. Gravy. Put, put some gravy on those mashed potatoes. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, okay, so like I, a lot of food I, I have analogies. a personal goal, and it's, and it's been this way. Like, I want to learn how to, one, do the mashed potato, but two, I would love to learn like every single dance. In this movie, mm. and oh my goodness, I just wish people danced like that. Like, I wish there was a Courtney Collins show now, like here in Columbus, because I would so be on it. Well, in 1988, <laughs> this is kind of a quasi-side tangent, but we didn't see Hairspite, but but I was heavily, as you know, uh, as maybe listeners know, heavily into 60s and 70s music, but there is a period, at, at our local Giant Eagle equivalent, they were, every week, they were, during the summer, they were giving out cassette tapes with all these classics from the 60s and 50s. Oh, that's on cool. It was like seven songs, yes, like it would be three. And every yeah. guy would introduce it at the beginning, like a DJ, like, hey, here comes uh, Chantilly, Ch- Chantilly, Chantilly Lace, Lace by the uh, Big Bopper, <laughs> who died in the plane crash. And we give like all this uh, Lace, you know, backstory. Lace. But it had like It's My Party. It had yeah. like all the Motown, Supremes, Temptations, and everything on it. And that's like I got exposed to a lot of mm-hmm, different people yeah. through those tapes. It's good pool party yeah. music. It was. Yeah. It really is. It really is. <laughs> like, yeah. um, well, I remember, um, and I probably said this maybe when we did the Elvira podcast, but uh, my dad's girlfriend at the time that he was dating in the in the early '90s was a big fan. She had those like Time Life. I mean, they were about as big as me. I remember them. These giant like books with probably maybe ten cassettes on like each. Not well, nine would be more even, but probably about like nine cassettes in each on each page so you know nine times two um and we had about like four or five of them and they were just filled with 50s and 60s music you know all this kind of stuff and so i grew up listening to all that and Mm -hmm. i used to like make music videos to the songs and she and she introduced me to elvira she was like really into the camp and stuff too and Mm. so like when when hairspray you know she like totally supported me watching that every day because i think she liked it too and um but yeah, so I love all that old music. Like that's what I mean. Like this movie is so so like relative to my own childhood mm-hmm. in terms of the music, just the style. Like yeah. even the Baltimore landscape is so similar to Philadelphia. Yeah, you know, just the mm-hmm. lingo. Like and then you know how anytime somebody would talk about being punished, they would be like, "You're going to go to Catholic school if you don't." <laughs> up. My parents did that, you know. <laughs> so I, it's it's just. I don't know. I guess it's a regional thing, but... Well, <laughs> if John Waters were a band, he'd be the B-52s. I've always kind of oh, made absolutely. that comparison. Oh, absolutely. Totally. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, they, they, they did the same pastiche with the beehive haircuts. Yeah. And oh, yeah. kind of mm-hmm. the subversive edge and, and the weirdness. Yeah. So. yeah. Just, um, just wanted to add that I was exposed to the oldies from uh, Sweatin' to the Oldies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, don't, I don't know the original, you know, Madison-style dances, but I can do Richard Simmons's choreography to It's My Party, and I'll try <laughs> if I want to. I would love to learn the Madison. Yes. <laughs> I will learn the mashed potato, damn it, if it's the last thing I do. That's... It's hard. It is hard. <laughs> Okay, I that. tried it, and I'm like, this is like, I feel like I look good, but I don't think I'm doing it right. I just like how they're watching TV and then dancing. With yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't see, well, I'm, I'm sure little kids do that. You know, they dance in front of the TV. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. 
But, uh, mm-hmm. but. Oh, how about when Penny yells through the TV, Hi, Trish! And <laughs> like, She can't, she can't hear you, honey. <laughs> <laughs> we, should, we talked about the vibe. I, we should mention that he played an under character. Oh, yeah. The, he played um, Arvin Hodgepile. The rival TV station. Oh, owner. that's it. That's he it, then yeah. went to integrate because he'd have to. Um, he's like, no. And, yeah. he, and it, it, it's funny because he's obviously playing he's played a man, but because he he, he uh, takes off his eyebrows, he has a he has to like draw them on oh, for the man. Yeah. <laughs> and so they look weird. Yeah. Not not the first dual role for Divine, by the way. <laughs> um, back to female trouble. Uh, <laughs> Divine played uh, both. Well, Divine played in a love scene <laughs> with him herself. <laughs> Shimself, sorry. Uh, John Waters once said Divine, he used to call Divine Shim. <laughs> and sure. So give us some background on Female Trouble, because I'm not as familiar with that one. <laughs> for the, for the just give us a whole recap. Not the movie, but just in general. Just, just in general, <laughs> Female well, Trouble. When a woman turns like 12... <laughs> Things start changing. Yeah. What? <laughs> it's getting earlier. Never mind. Um, <laughs> Female Trouble was um, the the film that John Waters did after Pink Flamingos. Um, it's. I don't know. <laughs> That's outside, I believe. Sorry, oh, listeners. Sorry. There's a humming yeah. sound coming. I thought maybe it was our equipment malfunctioning. Nah. Uh, we're being tracked right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're going to be bored. Any time you talk that much about women, the government kind of yeah. takes I just feel like John Waters is outside with that like, spinning wheel. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, he's yeah. so good as a psychologist oh my God. or whatever. This is um, a droning. <laughs> so, yeah, Female Trouble uh, stars Divine as Don Davenport, um, mm-hmm. a rebellious teen who runs away from home and um, starts a life where she wants to be famous at all at all costs. Mm-hmm. And um, she, she meets up with um, a couple of uh, beauty parlor owners who <laughs> lure her into a life of crime. Well, no, okay, I, I backtrack. She, she started out as a petty criminal and then ramped it a up. A petty criminal. <laughs> Good description. <laughs> um, so it's, it's, it's very similar to Hairspray in terms of, you know, like a, a teenager who, who wants something else. Um, but I think, you know, Hairspray is like what would happen if she had a good support system and parents who joined the NAACP. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Female Trouble is one of the early ones. Um, it, it ends with a lot of death and uh, Divine is executed uh, oh. mm. at the end. So, a great movie though. <laughs> no, I, Highly recommended. I'm sold now. <laughs> I'm glad it ends with death. That's the best oh, part. Oh, yeah, yeah. It ends uh, with her execution. <laughs> just like the Passion Divine. of Joan of Arc. It's just the same. <laughs> right. Exactly the Poor same. Divine. One-to-one ratio. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's a double feature there. Um, in real life, though, <laughs> a weird segue, but in real life, there's a tragic element to Hairspray with Divine because he died three weeks after mm. the release yeah. of the film yeah. of an enlarged heart, I read. And mm-hmm. that depressed me for a few days afterwards. Yeah. After yeah. yeah. Well, what a way to go out. <laughs> this movie is, I mean, I think this movie probably put him into the spotlight. Oh, yeah. And then, I mean, made him, I mean, this movie wasn't like a huge hit. It made $8 million. It was pretty big, though. Oh. Yeah, it was, I think it, it yeah. got played. It obviously, and, and then became a cult classic. Well, $8 yeah. million in the 1980s. Yeah. That's what I mean. It was, like, I don't it was know what pretty that is, big. This was but, like a... 
surprisingly. Yeah, yeah it's. I, I had read that it started. It, it was didn't really do extraordinarily yeah. well at the box office when it was initially released, but it became a huge mm-hmm. hit on video. People mm-hmm. were discovering mm-hmm. it as like word of mouth, and mm-hmm. it quietly became like this big cult classic over time. So mm-hmm. uh, it's almost ahead of its time a little bit yeah. because that kind of humor really took off in the early '90s, you know. Yeah. And I, I think maybe if it had been released like two years later, it probably would have been a bigger. Mm-hmm bigger hit mm-hmm. um yeah because there's a lot of parody elements you know mm-hmm. in this for sure yeah i would say it probably got swallowed up in um in a lot of the nostalgia pieces mm-hmm. you know because it wasn't you know dirty dancing had happened mm-hmm. a few years earlier and then like shag was was out i think around the same time um and then you got like Stand by me and, and mm-hmm. all the those other ones. <laughs> like, yeah. This is just this is yeah. just one of those mermaids. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was nineteen ninety. Yeah. Was was beaches a nostalgia piece? I can't remember. Uh, if it was not really. Not. That was kind of of its time. Oh. I mean, now we'd watch it. And it would now be it like is 80s. a period piece. Yeah, right? but oh, back gosh. then, I'm pretty sure it was like is kind of of its time. But yeah, no, I think you're right. There was sort of like the sixties. Resurgence in the late '80s, where a lot of movies were taking place in the '60s, like early '60s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, always a loss mm-hmm. of innocence centered yeah. around the Kennedy assassination. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad he didn't go this route. I mean, you know, it was set around the same time mm-hmm. period, but like they did mention Jackie. Oh, they were yeah. talking about the hair <laughs> when Tracy's like, even the first lady rats her hair. Well, John Waters <laughs> loves Jackie O, he though, does. doesn't he? Oh, yeah. like, he loves his... the Kennedys, yeah. Mm-hmm. All uh, uh, three, I think Becky, Tony, and I all visited a John Waters exhibit at the Lexer Center about so a month cool. ago here in Columbus, and, and it was really yeah. <laughs> the really Kennedy great. photo. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, but let's talk about the hair in this movie. Oh my God, the term hair hopper. That's like my new favorite word. <laughs> Anybody like I'm just gonna call people hair hoppers. Well, what's a hair, what's a hair hopper? Is that someone that changes hair? That rats their hair. Rats you know, their hair. Yeah, like and Tracy Turnblad would be the definition of a hair. Doesn't she say I don't rat my hair? I I'd it's feathered. feathered. <laughs> yeah, it's uh yeah, and there's a, I think a connotation of um, social climbing mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. the hairstyle as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Because as Tracy became more and more popular her hair started changing more so that's and real loved, hair it's not extensions yeah that was her wig. real hair okay. that was yeah um i loved uh, i also like the the uh pia zadora scene yes where and rico Kasich where they're the beatniks mm-hmm. oh yeah oh and, god that's not my favorite scene yeah, yeah. <laughs> i love that I, she's like i'm what does tracy say odetta I'm, it's like well, she goes <laughs> but she comes in and she says i'm gonna do something and pia zadora's like not with that hair you yeah, yeah. Right. she's like that hair is we very shall uncool. overcome and he goes <laughs> not with that hair you won't <laughs> that cracks me up that she's hair like, is so uncool yes. <laughs> are you a checkerboard chick yeah. <laughs> and goes, yes, yeah. i think i'm a checkerboard <laughs> <laughs> that's another term in that, that will see it's <laughs> amazing oh it's so good I yeah did, let's realize. all get naked and get high <laughs> right right like, I, I i listened to odetta when i ironed my hair <laughs> And then Rico Kasich in the background is going, yeah, oh, oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's like, it's like very cartoonish. Yeah, it's like it they, is. Yeah, yeah, dragnet beatniks. Yeah, they are. <laughs> exactly. The That's exactly the vibe he's going for, the Howard Hessman on <laughs> dragnet thing. Yeah. Um, I was like, not with that air, you won't. That's I, very uncool. <laughs> I didn't realize that was Pia Sedora yeah. until the credits. Uh-huh. And I guess she was supposed to be in, have a larger role in the film, but 
scheduling conflicts, yeah. but my only real exposure to Pia Sidora is that she won the Golden Globe at some point in the early 80s, and she was in the Naked Gun 33. Yeah, and she had the big dance moment with yeah. Leslie Nielsen. Did you? Oh, yeah, that's great. Leslie <laughs> Did... Nielsen's so good. Yeah. Did you guys not see Santa Claus Conquers the Martian? I I, 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 I want to. <laughs> it's definitely on my my right after Hairspray. That's my second. Is that along with Santa Claus the movie? I like that idea. <laughs> and Santa Claus Two. versus the Martian. Santa Claus conquering the Martian. Con- conquers the Martian. Well, yeah. Yeah. conquering is a whole. That's the whole other term. Yeah. That's that's fascist, really. When yeah. you Think about it. That's Santa's so like, I'm gonna. I need to. <laughs> I'm really tempted to probe deeply into this now. No, um, but no, I love that whole beatnik scene, and then mm-hmm. she starts reading Allen Ginsberg's Howl. Yeah, at the end, <laughs> she like scares him away. <laughs> I love that. Like, I think I'm a checkerboard chick. <laughs> that that's, yeah. that scene's so great. Penny, Penny. Yeah, yeah I, I think I identify with Penny the most. Do just you? Like, yeah, I think you know, just kind of earnest and. Mm-hmm. You know, She's very earnest. She dances all the time too. When she's like, she starts that dance in. I'm sorry, the, the special head class. Is that Can it? we talk about that? The fact that Tracy Turnblad right. had big hair. So what did they do? They sent her special head. That's <laughs> a hair don't. Oh my god, that that was like their solution. Yeah. Oh, the whole conversation's amazing. Oh my god, yeah, just I, that whole scene. Too. The gym teacher, man, she annoys me. I, I, Her yeah. voice, oh, it's like shrill. And I know that was like the intended purpose of it. Yeah. Let's play dodgeball. I'm like, and she throws oh, the ball at her head. I hated that character when I was a kid. Yes. Love her today. Oh, I hate um, her. She's she reminds me of like a Bill Murray character almost. <laughs> Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Now I'm going to have to watch the that gym te- the, uh, the dodgeball Is it Caddyshack team? Bill Murray or, or Groundhog uh, like Day? Like Meatballs oh, Bill Meatballs. Murray. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, that the... Yeah, every every uh, high school movie from the 70s and 80s had to have a gym scene. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because I think it was <laughs> people yeah. that... The arts, art people were... Gonna show that Jim is a stupid subject or something. Like they just were declaring war. Yeah. Like Greece had one. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, well, yeah, I think that was pork, part of the uh, Revenge of the Nerds. Carrie had one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Remember? Well, Carrie. yeah. The the sad indoor kids were making movies. And yes. they were gonna. They declared yes. war on the gym teachers. They did. Well, Jim was actually pretty easy. I don't like. I failed Jim. It's like it's basically just showing up. You failed Jim. <laughs> No, I didn't fail, Jim. The people—that's always a joke. Like I failed, Jim. It's like, well, it's not. I don't know any gym class that grades on. It's like an art class. You grade. It's not graded on your talent. It's graded on your uh, uh, effort. Effort and turning in. Yeah, just showing up at gym. If you just participate, you get you can. But if you don't participate, I'm sure. But you know, the problem is you'd go into the locker room, and if you were bullied, that's the reason you would skip gym. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sure that happened. Well, and that's what they were doing in this movie. Even the gym teacher was bullying them, which is kind of the funny part. But but I think like movies like Carrie, like yeah, there's always like clueless has a gym. Uh They're trying to get out of gym. Yeah, yeah. There's that gym scene, and um, yeah. (laughs) I like Jim. I don't. I don't know what. Oh my God! Okay, another one scene that cracks. <laughs> what you say? I love Jim. I like Jim. I always like. It was like you didn't. You could just. It was easy. It was compared to like you just showed up. But I could see why people. I didn't do well in gym class. Yeah. I and I. Uh, I used to wear like 
slip-on flats to mm. school all the time, and the gym teacher made me change my shoes, and I hated yeah. that. Mm. <laughs> I did get kicked out of gym class, and we weren't allowed to use it because we kept getting in fights. It didn't. <laughs> didn't that was that was great school gym for me. I was constantly forced into fights and, and then, in the back. And then we had a. Then we just started doing taekwondo moves on the mat, <laughs> which was far worse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you were you were, you were martial arts experts already. This guy's like, I could do a leg sweep, oh and he's just God. sweeping right. people. This was happening. Like we were supposed to not have gym, and we ended up doing worse things. But uh. how about the um. The carnival scene at the end is also a little bit like <gasps> like uh, Greece. I was going to say, and it turns it on its head. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, well, go ahead. Oh yeah, well yeah, I, I was actually thinking about that when I was rewatching it. Um, tilted acres. Tilted acres. I mean, the fact that there's a race riot and the fact that we, um, you know, have all these happy carnival scenes and then Amber puking on the little spaceship yes. ride. Uh, you know, John Waters gets to to put the vomit in the movie. So he gets rats and vomit in mm-hmm. buses. So he, he hits the, the John Waters trifecta. <laughs> <laughs> I like how she dances out of the... Uh... Was she in an asylum or a prison? Reform or a school. Reform school. <laughs> That's the other thing, too. When like they open the door, she just starts dancing out, and everybody... <laughs> so... <laughs> and the cops are dancing, Yeah, too. the cops are dancing, too. It's just so... That's ridiculous. fantastic, actually. Yeah. I, but I love... Oh, my God. So when, when the fight breaks out, okay, uh-huh. that... We need to talk about that. Okay, that cracks me up. There's this one lady who's, like, not even bothered, really. Like, she's just in it. And all of a sudden, she just takes her handbag and hits the lady next to her. And then the one lady that's, like, swinging, swinging the bag. And when Link goes down, remember? And he's, like, he's like dragging himself. He's like, Tracy! Tracy! Oh, my God. It's hilarious. And they do the the iris in on him. Yes. And he's like, Tracy! And he's, like, he's dragging his own legs. I love... With John Waters playing the psychiatrist with yes. the oh, early thing. That's what I mean, yeah. The way he just appears midway in And he like, keeps like, like getting in her yeah, face. Like, <laughs> we found a psychiatrist where he appears right away with this spin. <laughs> All right, Penny, take a look at this. Yeah, that was that was amazing. That John was, Waters is yeah. really funny as an actor, by the way. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah he's, well, he gets the material for sure. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, I, I have a feeling he got it when he read it. Um, Can we go back to Link for a minute? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Michael St. Gerard, young Michael. Elvis. Um, yes. I I really appreciate his character uh, watching it again as an adult because he, you know, he could have played it straight as a heartthrob, but he is is so ridiculous not only with that dragging himself <laughs> along the first time we see him you know in the opening credits he's lustily applying hairspray yes, yeah he's like looking at his lips. <laughs> and i love the opening credits i think yeah. it just that that song is so fun hairspray it just mm. like sets the tone i like you know? any corny collins scene, scene. Yeah. I just love I love the interviews with the kids. It's like, hey, oh, yeah. this is gonna be swell, or they're using all that lingo. It's like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I I love it for that same reason too, because <laughs> uh, like when I went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame about two or three years ago, they had a whole exhibit on American Bandstand. So you're watching all these Dick Clark interviews with different bands and stuff. So it's in Dick Clark. Like this was based on a show called the Buddy Dean Show, by mm-hmm. the way, in Baltimore. It actually yeah. took place in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. 
And it was a comp- it competed against American Bandstand, which was based in Philly at the yeah. time. So every city seemed to have their own. See, that's own, what I mean. Like yeah. that's the cor- the parallels with Baltimore and Philly at the you know right. Mm. Uh, but I would watch you would watch all these interviews with Dick Clark. Dick Clark treats it like he's. Uh, like Bob Costas interviewing all these bands and stuff, yeah. you know. And he goes up to uh, my favorite is Buffalo Springfield, where they're oh, talking really? about like uh, Neil Young and Stephen Stills and all those guys are in that band. And That's he's why I said, oh, just boy. listening to Neil is Young on a like... teeny bopper show is funny in and of itself. And <laughs> even though it's '67, and he's like, "Well, we uh, we don't want to talk too much about it." He goes, "Oh, I understand. You guys are perfectionist. I get it. <laughs> You're perfectionist. <laughs> I get it." <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, the names are all great in this mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Link Larkin, they are. Tracy Turnblad, all their alliteration. Penny yeah. Singleton. Yeah. Seaweed J. Stubbs. Seaweed Stubbs. Seaweed, I love. Yeah. Seaweed, yeah. seaweed. Yeah, and Seaweed's yeah. mom, Motormouth. Can we, I like, can I we talk the, about Motormouth? Motormouth, oh, yeah, she's great. <laughs> How she rhymes. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> she's, uh, you know, um, I, was, I was listening to an episode of The Canon where... Um, it was a versus episode. Uh, they were talking mm. about hairspray versus grease, and mm. um, the the pro grease uh, guest on the show was was comparing this movie to The Help and describing it as a white savior piece. And I could not disagree more. Mm, <laughs> um, yeah. Motormouth Maybell saves the day. She yes. gets Tracy out of reform yep. school. She yeah. gets the protested Tilted Acres under underway. Mm-hmm. Motormouth Maybell is is the driving force in, mm-hmm. in integration. Yeah, yeah. Come on, Yay. you guys. Yes. Yay! Yes. Yes. Yay. <laughs> I, I want to visit that record shop, by the way. That oh, yes. uh, right at home. Well, they chained themselves, they, well, they handcuffed themselves to the, to the governor. To the governor. <laughs> 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 oh, that is fantastic. They just start yeah. kissing like, him. Yeah, yeah. I love He's like, who's Tracy Jones? He, he goes, this looks like a, what was he saying? Like, this looks like a, like a, uh, like a dumpster fire or something like that. <laughs> Politically. Yeah. We can't do anything here. Political hot potato. That's right, political hot potato. Political hot potato. Yeah. Um, But, you know, going back to Link, though, I do really like the character of Link. I think, um, well, first, I think Tracy Turnblad's just awesome. You know, just her confidence. And I think she's a great role model. I really like her character a lot. mm -hmm. But I also like Link's because even, like, the first time he saw Tracy, he like smiled at how honest she was and he seemed to take a true genuine interest in her mm-hmm. and again you don't typically see the really really studly guy going after you know um mm-hmm. uh the overweight or underdog kind of character and and then even after that he he i mean yeah he was like very over the top but he kind of he had like tracy he had his own personality he was very supportive of the change and mm-hmm. um open-minded and i think he was i don't know i just think he was a good like boyfriend character you know what i mean yeah. he could have been really yeah really like tried to change tracy or just really like shallow himself but he wasn't and i like i appreciate that about him because oftentimes you don't give characters like that depth and so i appreciate mm-hmm. that john waters did that yeah you yeah. didn't have to in, in a normal in other yeah. movies he might have like been won over by tracy further into the movie, mm-hmm. but this he was he went right for it right away. Yeah, yeah, like he never yeah, he never exactly. questioned it. It's yeah. like oh yeah, like she's her. great dancer. I like her. Right. Yeah. It wasn't like you know, 
You know, I don't know. She looks different than exactly. Amber. Exactly. Well, she's too fat or exactly. He was like, she has, well, that's why I say the scene when they were interviewing her and they were asking about, would you do a pimple commercial and do you like integration? And she was real confident in all of her answers and smile. And you can see him kind of smile and like, mm-hmm. like liking her as a person, yeah. you know, and, mm-hmm. and then the whole gym class scene when he's like, you know, it's, <laughs> oh, it's you're so, all right, girl. <laughs> yeah. It's just so over the top, but it's sweet, you know, and then mm-hmm. they start dating. And, and then here's what I also like the next day. He tries to even, like, make amends with Amber, remember? He's like, hey, can't we be friends, you know? Yeah. It's not like mm-hmm. that. And she's been immature and everything like that. And, again, it just shows that he's a good guy, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I like that because didn't, they didn't even have to throw that in there. Mm-hmm. He could have just dumped Amber and went with Tracy. But it showed that he was human, too, and he cared about people. And, and I don't know. I just really liked that. I thought that was a nice um, nod to that character and gave him more depth and... Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, humanity. Yeah. You know, because he did just dump Amber for Tracy. (laughs) I mean, and he seemed happy with Amber before Tracy came along, Mm -hmm. you know, and so I think it was nice that they had that scene with him just trying to show, Mm -hmm. you know, that he was... Oh, yeah, like he added some depth to the character. Exactly, exactly. I just like that. I I thought that was nice. Mm -hmm. I like the relationship Mm -hmm. between Penny and Seaweed myself. That's the one I Uh really gravitate to. I like the little sister, little Inez. Uh Uh-huh, little Inez. Little Inez, and and she's always... I like how she always just, like, walks in and starts... I love the dancing. (laughs) She just started walking in and dancing. The dance... I mean, I mentioned it before, but the dance out of the... the, Where everybody's just... She just starts dancing out of it, and people are joining her. It's, like, so surreal. It's just... Who dances out of a jail? Or <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's the deal. That's it's so funny. That's what's funny about yeah, it. It's like yeah. it's making fun of all these cliches and the music. Ricky Lake can really dance. I mean, that's they amazing. Yeah. The girl who played Amber was great. Like, remember the scene yeah. where her and Debbie Harry are? She's like faster. I mean, that, that's that, one of my that, favorite scenes. Like, she's real. Like, I mean, they're they're all great dancers. No, I love that scene. That scene cracked me up where I had to play it twice. Number one, I think Debbie Harry's hilarious in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, she's fantastic and. Little known fact, I'm a huge, I love Blondie, so I'm a big Debbie Harry fan to begin with, mm-hmm. but watching her here, and I think when we get to the 2007 remake, I think that's a perfect, I'm sorry, perfect like equivalent in terms of casting between the remake and the original, because Debbie Harry and Michelle Pfeiffer mm-hmm. are almost similar performers, but they, they're beautiful, but oh, they subvert yeah. their beauty to yeah. make a comment and uh, like a satirical comment on what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Debbie Harry does that so well. And when she starts doing faster, faster and dancing, how quickly yes. Amber starts dancing uh-huh. cracks me up. It's, yeah. just like, it's like, it's like, it's almost like prison where it's like, yeah. you know, yeah. like a, like a, a POW camp, like faster, faster. It's like faster, but practice makes It's Sonny Bono and Debbie Harry as a couple is the most mind blowing thing I've ever <laughs> seen. Well, how about Jerry Stiller yeah. and Divine? Oh, that's that yeah. was that, weirdly that was less mind blowing than Sonny Bono <laughs> and Debbie Harry for me. I, I, the one part, the one comment I think is hilarious because this is very Philadelphia, Baltimore of the time, like of the time meaning in the eighties, like where it was, was like a big deal, but. When when Debbie Harry says to Divine, "Can I ask you a personal question? Is your daughter Milano or Milano? <laughs> yeah. Like you know, because no, she that, says no. Can I ask a personal question? She says yeah. No. She says <laughs> no, and then she says like because that would be an insult if yeah. Tracy was half black. You yeah. know, like can't you at least but, act white on TV? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think the Von. But that Tussle- just cracked me up. That line is your daughter Milano. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think the Von Tussles are. Uh, Domestic terrorists? I think yeah. they are. They are. Well, with that hair bomb. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> this is the best example of the, at least my personal favorite that I've seen so far of the uh, upper class snobbish white privileged couple <laughs> I've ever seen. Like I think it's the best encapsulation of that you know mm -hmm. that I've seen. Yeah, it's the most accurate I've ever. <laughs> Very accurate. Yeah, Sonny Bono's yeah. Sonny Bono plays it for reality in this movie. No, it's not for reality. It's just my favorite. I didn't. You know. here's, here's what's interesting too. I mean, they own Tilted Acres. The Turnblads have the joke shop. They're both in the same business of amusement. Yeah, yeah. in their own ways. I love. Uh, speaking of that, the businesses. I love when they go into the uh, women's wardrobe shop and Divine yes, negotiates the contract. Me. She negotiates the contract with that guy <laughs> for and no money, given, just like wardrobe. And yeah, and he's giving them all like donuts. And yeah, fat and Mr. Pinky. Yes, oh Mr. Gosh, Mr. Pinky. But I and I was gonna say too. Um, oh, so one other funny thing. Uh, after it's like everything kind of turns into chaos after the hair bomb. And speaking of, of Sonny Bono with the joke shop, it, uh, or Jerry Stiller with the joke shop, he throws like these like fake leeches yeah. onto Debbie Harry, and he's like in her getting in her face, and she's like, ah! and they're like taking her away, and it's just so silly, but it it cracks me up. I was like, this guy won't stop. Yeah, that hair bomb is just, oh, it's, it's, it's insane. Uh, and the fact that everybody immediately goes back to celebrating after right. <laughs> yeah. after they get taken away. Yeah, well, and I was like, they get taken away immediately cares. too. It goes yeah, off, right. and she's screaming, and they're they're dragged those, away yeah, completely. Those cops are on top of it. Yeah, um, yeah. I I had I said it before. I'll say it again. I love the Jerry Stiller character. I love that he's so so locked into what he does that he's using his jokes as weapons. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, the... that's such a standard John Waters, you know, obsess as you obsess and mm -hmm. <laughs> throw yourself into something completely. He's like little Chrissy or, well, like basically any John Waters character. <laughs> well, uh, he's such a supportive dad too. Yeah. Like he's, yeah. that's what I love. Like, let and... read Enda. <laughs> yeah. It, and Fetch me my diet pills, Wilbur. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they have such a loving relationship, the whole family. Like, they're all very close, mm -hmm. supportive of each other. Uh, you know, the mother gets a little, like, um, authoritarian when <laughs> she's trying to push Tracy into things, but that's a minor thing. Um, you know, I loved um, loved that family dynamic. Of the yeah. Turnblads? Yeah, the yeah, Turnblads, yeah. 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 Yeah, no, I think the Turnblads are great, yeah, as a family and as individuals. Mm -hmm. They're all fun and unique and, and true to themselves, you know, that the Von Tussles are very much with the keeping up with the Joneses and yeah, maybe it's... lacking a little bit of depth. It's obviously lacking humanity. <laughs> oh, the zit. They popped the zit. Oh, on yeah. That's so John Waters. At this that's, the yeah. because that's the John Waters scene yeah. in the movie is uh -huh. the zit scene. Right. And, oh, the sound in this movie. Yay. You get to hear the zit popping. The, the sound of the kids making out is, is so gross. <laughs> yeah, and, and wonderfully, you know, undercuts the romance, just like the rat does when they're making out in the alley. <laughs> mm -hmm. And all the hints of cockroaches, you know. I guess there's supposed to be a scene where, the, where a girl is infested with cockroaches in her hair or something mm -hmm. like Tracy. that. Tracy. Yeah. yeah, Trace. Yeah, because yeah, mm -hmm. there's the, the urban legend of um, people's beehives getting infected with bugs. And I think, like... 
uh, some there's some urban legend that a woman gets her brain eaten out mm. by mm-hmm. by bugs who lay eggs in her hair. Electro oh, like growth. Cautionary tales. Don't be vain. <laughs> <laughs> that is a cautionary tale. That's why I keep my hair straight, man. <laughs> Better for protest. I iron it in the morning, yeah. and then I listen to John Waters interviews. <laughs> his go. his commentary, his DVD commentaries yes. cannot be beat. <laughs> I wish that's one thing I I wish I had experienced is the commentary. If you you can rent this movie at the family video over where I live in Worthington, they have it. Oh, good. Mm -hmm. And they have the commentary one. Like Mm -hmm. you can catch the commentary on that. He also did commentary for Mommy Dearest. Really? (laughs) Really? Wow, that's interesting. Oh, that's a lot. I think he does commentary Uh, for Serial Mom. I have that in DVD. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. But Mommy Dearest, he had nothing to do with That's even better. No, yeah. someone was just like, hey, you like this movie, right? You have some opinions. <laughs> I remember reading Roger Ebert's review of Mommy Dearest on that side note. That was hilarious. Like, I don't know how to compute this movie. <laughs> well, the whole hangar scene, I'm exhausted after watching that. Oh, my yeah. God. I'm like, she's going to pop a blood vessel. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, John Waters considered this like his Trojan horse movie mm-hmm. that into... he s- snuck into the mainstream mm-hmm. and it just took off. Because uh, prior to that, it was, all his movies were X-rated. They were known for being raunchy. And filthy. Kind of, and yeah, mm-hmm. pushing the boundaries of taste. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, in the retrospect, he's really one of the first people to really pioneer like a lot of things that were on the fringe of society and bringing it into the mainstream before well before anybody else because i think he started making films even in the 60s yeah and into the yeah. 70s so he has a really significant he's had a really significant impact on the culture in general absolutely but this is yeah. probably the, like most people's gateways from 88 oh, yeah. onward into, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely and and it's a little bit risky because you know there are those stories of you know the families who Loved Hairspray so much, so they were, you know, like, seeking out other John Waters movies. They rented Pink Flamingos Mm -hmm. at Blockbuster and Mm -hmm. were, you know, immediately shocked. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, shout out to my parents. Um, I I took a John Waters class in college. We watched all the films of John Waters and... um, they they knew that I loved his films. They gave me Pink Flamingos in my Easter basket one year. Oh, really? <laughs> I want, Holy if, crap. If I ever meet John Waters, I need him to know that I got Pink Flamingos in my Easter basket next Aww. to the chocolate eggs. I uh, I always say this. Every, every podcast that we do a John Waters movie is... I've actually seen John Waters in the flesh. <sighs> <laughs> That's what I said when he first. Yeah, uh, I was going. I was taking a flight from Columbus to Chicago, and he was on the flight in business class. <sighs> I guess he was doing. He had he had been in Columbus doing something, presenting yeah. a movie or something, and um, he was flying back to Chicago for I don't know if it was a tour or whatever he was doing, mm-hmm. but I I didn't initially know who I I knew I had seen him because he was he's a very public director mm-hmm. it's not like yeah, you don't yeah. he, he's kind of like the star of his movies in a way and uh, yeah so I was like I know that because he, he can't mistake yeah. John Waters got the you know the really pencil thin mustache what suit was he wearing he was just I, uh, yeah he was very flamboyant but he looked just sitting there you know reading a book you know why just normal like anybody else so i always love the quote he says about reading 
When he says, he says something, if you go home with someone and they don't have any books in their house, don't fuck them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good advice. It is. It is. And then he's like, can't we make reading cool again? <laughs> yeah, because he's so, he's so cultured. Like, he mm-hmm. has, you know, he, he loves art films. He loves, um, you know, high fashion. Um, many, Chris- many other He things. loves Christmas. <laughs> Well, that's what I love is, like, a lot of great filmmakers, he has certain motifs and obsessions, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like we've talked about, that, you know, Tim Burton has that in spades, (laughs) like, that very distinct style. Wes Anderson, certainly, and uh, John Waters. His quote says, and he's standing here, he says, "Um, what what to look for in a mate, and he says, sometimes stupid and cute are enough. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, but he has certain motifs. I think he kind of repeats, and I I, I just love that subversive satirical style of his. You know, mm-hmm. and he seems so comfortable with himself too. Yeah. That's one thing I really admire yeah. about him. Yeah, he does. Absolutely. I have. I also bought the. Um, so he did a, a commencement speech for um, I think the School of Design, Rhode Island yes. School of Design, in like yeah. 2015, and uh, I bought I bought that book as well. It's just. Um, Hilarious and his advice and some of the things that he says, you know, to the kids. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I've, I've watched snippets of. I really enjoyed what I heard of mm-hmm. it. I think the, the lesson we're learning on this podcast is I need to watch things from start to finish. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe yes, get a better better understanding of it. Um, I wanted to talk also about the remake because we hinted on it here, like how it compares. I haven't seen it. I didn't have a desire to see it after. Mm-hmm watching a few clips it felt more watered down or sanitized yeah i i'll i don't really have much to offer here because like i said i got through maybe the first song the good morning baltimore and i was like it's cute but no i'm done do you know Tony, this might <laughs> and i couldn't i couldn't handle john tavolta as divine i'm sorry i just couldn't <laughs> i just uh, i just read this and i think this where tony was saying it, it related to her do you know that the tilted acre scenes were shot at Dorney Park in <gasps> Allentown. Oh my Dorney. God, I've been there! Holy. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh my God, Dorney Park is like the most watered down amusement park ever. <laughs> it's like where the poor families would go, hence why we went there. Now you can rewatch it and see if it's, you know. Oh my gosh. You can see, you notice it. I, I believe Dorney Park still exists, but <laughs> but after like after I got into like I don't know thirteen fourteen we started going to Hershey Park. Oh, whoa, way cooler, way, cooler, and way yeah. nicer, and but yeah, oh my God, Dorney Park. Yeah, we're just talking about Eastern Pennsylvanian. That makes parks. sense. But uh, yeah, I just saw that. I was looking through the. That's cool. Another connection. There we go. But yeah, I haven't seen a remake. <laughs> 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 I don't have it. It is sad though if you if you search for it on Netflix, the remake comes up first. Uh, yeah. yeah, and if you Google it, the remake comes up first. Yeah, there's a lot. Even I, I looked for podcast episodes, and they were all on the remake. I'm like, well, I thought the '88 hairspray is iconic. I didn't yeah. think it would be. You know what? We're not going to put we're not going to put a date on ours. You're going to have to <laughs> you're going to have to figure out what we're talking. About. I'm going to be the voice of dissent. I did like the the musical remake. Um, I. I bought the DVD mm-hmm. and then I watched it when it was the televised musical version. Oh of no, I can't handle um, those. But it was like it was a completely different movie to me. Yeah, it became you know it became very much a, a message film about accepting yourself as you are and you know uh, really 
focused on the 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 shift in in you know social movements yeah. integration which is is good but it's you know i i argue that you know tracy in the original and edna in the original were already confident they didn't need to find it by being yeah, accepted right. by other people um but you know that's maybe that's the the musical that we needed in 2007 or whenever <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah they did the i like how they just like they integrated at the end, like not accidentally, but just oh, this is on TV. We're integrated now. Right. <laughs> you have to show everybody. Yeah. We won. Everything's yeah. okay now. <laughs> it just happened. You know, yeah, because like, I mean, what it really was once you showed once once you integrated, it just then everybody could do it, and so that's why that rival station right. manager then wanted to do it. So it's just like, you know, once Jackie Robinson played baseball, everybody went ahead and, yeah. and, and got other people to play. You know what's nuts? It's weirder now watching those riot scenes. It, you know, it's it's weirder watching that in 2019 than it was watching it, like, in the early 90s. And this was even after, like, the mm -hmm. Rodney King riots. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, Charlottesville. And mm -hmm. it's yeah. Just, mm -hmm. yeah. It's, it's crazy to me that it's... It hits harder today mm -hmm. than it did when I first saw it. No, that's that's something that resonated with me too when I saw it. Like this, this feels far more relevant now than I probably would have been ten years ago. And I'd right. seen it in like the two thousands, you know. Yeah, which is sad, but mm -hmm. it's. Uh, <laughs> well, it just goes to show that unfortunately, closed-mindedness is always going to be a thing of our society and culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, this movie does a great job of. There's mm -hmm. many aspects that tackles but just in a brilliant way you know just like all of, just to be on a dance show <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but it does it it does it in a way which, which is which is it doesn't shy away from it obviously but it's just just you know the, the humor and everything like people people aren't like down and people are like you know even motormouth she's not like you know she's a very confident mm -hmm. you know we're going to do this whether you yeah. want to do it or not. And right. I like that, you know. Well, I think that's the, the, the um, what was I going to say? The, um, the positive of a movie like this is that it gets people to identify and empathize with outsiders, the people that they normally probably would maybe shun in society if they're coming from that point of view. Well, yeah, and it highlights the outsiders in a really positive way mm -hmm. because the outsiders are continuously being pushed down, mm -hmm. berated, but they, they continue to rise. They don't let that bother them. Yeah, they're not the they, they say, you know what? I am who I am. I like what I like. I'm going to be who I'm going to be. And despite whether these people accept it or get it, I'm going to still do it. And, um, and that's a really cool thing. You know, it basically, if anything, it's, it's John Waters trying to urge kids, maybe even adults, you know, don't conform. You know, don't compromise your true self. And you can dance out of a... And you can dance, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. Which is, I think, a great message. It's a universal message, and it's timeless. And I think that's why this movie... I know we always kind of talk about this towards the end, but I think that's why this movie holds up, and it's probably why there's been a musical version of it made and a mm -hmm. TV version of it made. And do you know now Hairspray is being performed in high schools? Yes. Yeah. You know, I mean, what does that tell you? Do you know the people that played Edna on the stage? Like you mean on what stage? Like Broadway? Yeah, the Broadway okay. stage. It's the first person was Harvey Firestein. Yeah. Wow. And then it was Bruce Valanche. Oh, I did not know that. Then it was Michael <laughs> McKean. 
Oh my gosh, oh, wow. Bikini. And then John Panette. I don't know who John Panette is. Oh, I, yeah. Yeah, they all played. Bruce Valanche played? Oh. Yeah, Bruce Valanche played Edna. And then wrote, <laughs> then wrote jokes for the Academy Awards. <laughs> that's all I know of her. Do you think he ad-libbed? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, that's all, that's the only, that and he was like the middle square when they brought back Hollywood squares. Yeah. But Bruce, yeah, I <laughs> everything that. I hear I about Bruce Plant is that he well. writes for the Academy Awards. Like he is like the main writer or something. Yes, <laughs> yes, I know. Did he get contacts for the role? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> With his glasses. Yeah. <laughs> Harvey Firestein, I could see, I, I mean, he, yeah. he, he was, uh, I could see that. And you could definitely see that. Yeah, that sounds like a, a perfect film. Perfect. Michael McKean can do it too. It'd be oh, much I different. Love yeah, yeah. He can yeah. do anything. I think the casting of Travolta was pretty inspired. Yeah, it was, it's subversive, yeah. really. You know, the yeah. Grease star going into. I don't know. I just. I guess I'm a I'm a hairspray purist. <laughs> I get really defensive about things I like. Yeah. You know, and I think about even when they did that Grease live, I was very much against it. Um, I don't know, you know, why, if you have a good thing, why wreck it? You know, I, 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 I think you can admire it, you can appreciate it, you can be inspired by it, but when you try to recreate it in such a way um, where you take away, like you said, the character dynamics yeah. were changed, when you alter it, that's when I really have an issue with it. And then it, it brings me back to my initial statement of, then why even do it? You know, like, mm. there was talk a while ago about redoing Breakfast at Tiffany's. Why? <laughs> I mean, I was you know. Up, I had a remake idea for Breakfast at Tiffany's. Starring me. <laughs> Starring me. No, <laughs> um, no but I, I mean, like, yeah, brunch yeah. at Tiffany's, exactly. I don't know. I just, I get very defensive about things that I love. And um, if it doesn't add value, if it takes away value, that's where I really have a problem with it, you know, and... I don't know. Like, I'm all for exposing new generations to things, but why not do it with the original? Especially if yeah. it's like this, where it still holds up. And John Waters is still alive, you know? And, I mean, we still have all these, you know, it's, you know, I don't know. He was a producer on the remake, wasn't he? Like, he was involved. Well, he's in very supportive of it, okay. yeah. which is cool. I mean, that's a, that's a positive thing. But um, I don't know. I, I Yeah, the Broadway. I'm very loyal to things I like. <laughs> I think the Broadway was fine. I think. Taking the movie and putting it on Broadway is a great way to introduce people. Sure. But then when you make the movie about the Broadway, it, it's it's, it's like the producers. They did the same thing yeah. with the producers. Yeah. They made a Broadway the, show about same it. Same thing with, yeah, they, they do that, and I don't and like it. They make it. a movie about the Broadway show, which then it's like you can't Google the original. <laughs> <laughs> so overall, what's your overall impression on Hairspray as we uh, kind of go through? Oh, yeah, you've already given much of that. I love it. Yeah, uh, like any other. It, you know, this or... it's it's like an old friend. Mm -hmm. You know, I love I love this movie. Um, it's something I go to when when I want to just have something on. You know, that's like familiar if I'm doing things around the house. It's it's like a great sick day movie because it's it's again like the old friend. I don't have to pay attention to every detail, but every time I watch it, I still enjoy it. I still laugh. I probably see or discover something new about it that maybe mm -hmm. I missed the last time. Or my appreciation for it just strengthens. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's a great movie. I think it holds up. And it's definitely one of my favorites. 
Yeah, we'll we'll start getting the the eighty eight version back into the schools and yeah, exactly. <laughs> why not? I don't understand right. why not. It's I mean, a good it's movie there. Though, too, yeah, absolutely. I it's... saw the Scarlet Leather with the Me Moore. Oh yeah, <laughs> well, that's a perfect double feature. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I remember yeah. my teacher said, "Here's a Scarlet Letter. <laughs> We're gonna watch it, but it has that horror to me more." <laughs> that was our Latin. <laughs> he did not care. It has that horror to me more. Strip tease or whatever. Because at the yeah. time, Demi Moore did strip tease, so he was happy. He was not happy about her acting in it, but uh, <laughs> she, uh, he loved Ben Hur. That was his favorite. <laughs> ben Hur yeah, was his favorite yeah. movie because oh, he, he did see Jesus's face. That's why he loved. He must have been a really yeah. interesting guy. Yeah, he was very so interesting. I, I, I don't get an opportunity. I'm gonna talk about. Ron Karenbauer for a little bit. With and that. for the record, I love Ron Karenbauer. But, Rest in uh, peace. Yeah. He was our he was my Latin teacher at Warren JFK during the nineties, and he was very conservative. He was like one of those Vatican One Catholics, but he was a cool guy. He was like a fifties. You could tell he was from the fifties. Smoked all the time outside. Wore short class. shorts. Oh yeah. boy, was he, he wore short shorts unironically. Like those were just his shorts, <laughs> but they were super short. <laughs> That's like not, that wasn't in school. That was like outside. Of no, school. you wore him in school. Oh shit! I didn't know. <laughs> we went to a Catholic school. Yeah, yeah. How Catholic did you get away school. with that? Yeah. We're gonna send you to Catholic school. He wore him, and he wore him like, like, uh, just, just. <laughs> I just remember they were super short, and everybody was like, "Oh my goodness!" <laughs> He'd be a great character in a movie. Yeah, that was. But he he sold it like it wasn't like I'm just wearing these, you know. Good for him. Well, yeah. Were... Rest in peace, Ron Karenbauer. He died. Uh, <laughs> we, we had the Wheelocks Latin grammar. Remember yeah, that? Yeah. Like oh, that. you guys had Wheelocks. We had I, I, I was a Latin teacher, you guys. Yes. I, uh, I'm not, not going to get into this right now, but we had Wheelocks in high school. Is that impressive? It's a college. Yeah. It's a college textbook. It introduces students right off to authentic, unadapted classical Latin prose. So it's a little bit harder. Uh, good choice. Yeah. Good choice. He wanted us. He wanted us to learn uh, like philosophical quotes from the Greeks and Romans. Sententiae antiquae. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And he passed away last year, so that's a, yeah. A it's sad, here. but yeah. rest in peace. I like to bring yeah. a downer onto a conversation. Well, I mean, he yeah, was—he we lived a full such life. A positive yeah. note. He lived yeah. a full life. Then Divine died at three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> They're in heaven together now. That's oh, heaven together. <laughs> um, so we were at, <laughs> where were we? Round we were tabling. Becky. Yeah, yeah. round table. I think okay. Becky, where were we at? We were at yeah, here. passing it off to okay. Scott. <laughs> Yeah, this movie's great. Um, I like the runtime of an hour thirty. It's <laughs> that's John Waters' thing. Yeah, right? that, yeah. That's he great. says it should always be ninety I, minutes. I uh, I think it's perfect. A lot of comedies and a lot of stuff, you know, that go on. Just enough it, time. Yeah. Yeah. They, they they just they either go too long or and this is like it knows exactly. There's no fat in this movie, you know. Mm-hmm. It's well, technically there is. <laughs> hey, I'm not one to judge, but there's no like, there's no like creative fat in this movie. So, um, I, yeah, I, I, I would, yeah, definitely check out the original. Then you can go check out the Broadway play, and then go check out. the Or you remake. could just keep watching the original. Or, you know, like if, I if do, you could be a purist know. like Tony, you could just watch, just watch the original. Yes. <laughs> so that's fine. More love for me. Well, I, I loved it, and I was pleasantly surprised by how much I loved it. I love all the commentary on race, on 60s culture. Uh, the casting is mm-hmm. really inspired, you know, in a fun way. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there are four moments like I, I talked about that I really cherish, like the mashed potato scene with the bone tussles, you know, like a guerrilla warfare style, uh, and the Penny Pingleton stuff, and the beatnik. Those are the things I'll, I'll always remember. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it holds up. I think people really should check it out. It, it does. It doesn't feel like an '80s movie technically. Mm-hmm. It feels like a movie that could have been made at any time in the recent mm-hmm. modern cinema era. So I think if people should open their minds to seeing how things, like you said, originated. If you like the mm-hmm. 2007 Hairspray, you should really check out the 88 Hairspray mm-hmm. to see where it all started. Yeah. And hopefully that gets people further into John Waters and other movies he made as well. I think it is a great gateway into the mainstream, and mm-hmm. and I liked it. Well, good. <laughs> uh, so uh, Hairspray, uh, I always usually end the podcast by giving people information on the Blu-ray version of a film. I think it's the best way to see a movie outside of a theater. And Hairspray did come out in 2014 on Blu-ray. I have not checked it out. I know Becky has recommended seeing anything with a John Waters commentary. Absolutely. And I would love to check it out myself eventually. I, you know, it'd be ideal if Gateway had it during their Cult 101. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 They probably did. I'm just going to put that out into the universe. (laughs) Gateway. We'll we'll force the Gateway to eventually show it. It wouldn't have to strong arm them too too harshly, (laughs) I guess. Um, Well, I want to thank Becky for joining us. Yes, thank you, Becky. Thank you. Do you have anything to plug or... Or add? Yeah, find um, Columbus Unscripted on Facebook. Um, Find find me there, too. I'll I'll accept your friend request. Um, (laughs) And that way you'll know about what I'm doing. I'm uh, at the Wild Goose Creative, the third and fourth Mondays every month with Columbus Unscripted. I'm doing stuff at the Dolphin Lounge and uh, at the Funny Stop. All places you should check out. Yeah, Great. Cool. Funny stuff. I'll be in my bedroom trying to perfect the mashed potato. (laughs) And how much does that cost? (laughs) It's pure old-fashioned fun. Oh, good. good. Uh, Actually, you know, I don't know. What what will D.D. Sharp record cost me these days? That's a good question. Well, now it's final. It's probably going to be on 180 gram and $29. I'll do it in my apartment. Faster. Faster. That's right. (laughs) You know, I should make a goal where I learn how to do that, and we can post it on our Facebook page. There you go. Me yeah. doing the mashed potato. I'm all for that. I'm all, I'm yes. all for that. Live that could stream be, it. Mashed potato. That could be some great promotion for, <laughs> for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that would be something. We could post that. Yeah. Are you going to put gravy on those mashed potatoes? Be careful. You might get cast in the musical version. That's oh, right. Oh, boy. Who would I play? Well, what was the dance of death? I don't end? really know if there's a part for me. Oh, uh, you could probably pay, play... Uh, you can play one of the Montana. You can play the Amber. Oh, gee, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sean, tell me what you really think no, of no, me. No, no, no. Oh, you can play that well. I can play I Little Inez. Yeah. <laughs> you can play uh, Tammy. Oh, yeah, yeah, you can play Tammy. Yeah. Good old Tammy. Mink Stoll. Yeah. We could also be Dancer Four. Or <laughs> right. um, I could be Corny Collins. Yeah, there you go. You know who played Corny Collins and James Martin played him in a group. Oh, that's a good fit. Yeah, he's a cutie. I like him. And, uh, I like him too. Well, yeah, Christopher he's a Walken nice guy. played Wilbur. Oh, oh yeah. Really? Oh, Christopher Walken, so good. And uh, and I think all the originals were like bit parts in the remake. Pfeiffer's good in it too. Mm-hmm. I th- the one clip yeah. I did, I did like Pfeiffer. They should have got Ricky nice. Lake to play Edna. I mean, that would have been kind of cool. Yeah, uh, she I, plays talent agent one in, in the movie. It, it would have broken talent the, agent one. <laughs> right, I'm looking at the cast. Uh, Zach Efron plays Link. Yeah, I. Uh, 
Amanda Bynes like plays He's Penny charming. Pingleton. That's, yeah, I can see that. Um, and uh, John Waters plays a flasher. <laughs> yes. And Allison Janney plays Prudy Pingleton. I love Allison yeah. Janney. She's That's one of my favorites. Casting. She's it's a good so cat. good. I mean, it's a good cast. So, But uh, you can catch me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my you casting. can catch Scott filming me do the mashed potato. Right. <laughs> filming, do, filming Tony doing the mashed potato. And Sabrina can do the put gravy on it. <laughs> What's the dance they do at the end? It's made out of their food, too. It's the, the roach. Uh, is it the roach? The bug. The where bug? the roach shaken. Oh, okay, where the Tracy bug. comes out in the bug. I don't the, want... There's the waddle. The that's waddle. Not food. The bug. Um. The, the uh, limbo rock. Limbo I mean, that's rock. That's kind of classic. Yeah. What else? There's the Madison, which I want to do. Yeah. It's Madison time. The fly. <laughs> the fly. And then um, what else? The, they don't do the twist. Mm mm. Oh, well, it's too, too obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see you can uh, you can see me at the Nest Theater. I do stuff there. Not the, not the mashed potato though. <laughs> <laughs> Faster. Or the gravy on the mashed potato, and yeah, just check it out. Yeah, and continue to follow the podcast, like on iTunes or Podbean. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, follow us on Facebook. Yeah, and we have a tw- we have a Twitter account as well. So yeah, yeah. follow us, rate us. Is Twitter still a thing? Uh, yeah, technically oh, yeah. yes. Mm. You know, yeah, twenty-two percent of everybody is on Twitter. I am not of that twenty-two percent. Twenty percent of a person is on Twitter. Yeah, twenty percent of a person. Yeah. That makes sense. You can find my arm on Twitter. <laughs> I think it's something. You like, can find my old toenail. All you Twitter users only like two percent post, so it's like yeah, it's kind of people. it's oh. not really a thing anymore. Well, it's a thing, but it's it's a thing. Well, I'll have to make us an Instagram account. There you go, the gram. Yeah. Yeah. The gram. <laughs> Post pictures of you doing your uh, mashed potato. There you yeah. go. Or, or yeah, one yeah, one minute videos, <laughs> and I can even post like, you know, just pictures of the films we do, fun yeah. facts, yeah. behind yeah. the scenes photos. That'd be Absolutely. fun. Yeah, let us know if you guys would like that. So I would you know, yes. let us know, <laughs> listeners. I would, like that. I would like that too. You know, and like it too. I would like, like it. it. Like, like it, it too. Subscribe. Actually, on Instagram, you heart it. Yeah, oh, that's right. hard. You would hard it. You don't have a chance to. You just. You can only love things on. on that's right, Instagram. and I, 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 I like platforms where it supports love. So right. yeah, <laughs> me too. Yeah. Facebook has gotten into different emotional. Yeah, tactics. you know the angry ones, a little questionable right. on Facebook. They should get perplexed as a emoticon too. Uh, well, it kind of yeah. is. They're like bright eyes. That would be most of my posts. Kind of like get wow or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, anyway, everybody, thank you very much for listening to us, and uh, we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye. to Leslie Gore's music? <laughs> Look, she ain't no James Brown, but I can dance to Lawrence Welk if I have to. Could you turn that racket down? I'm trying to iron in here. Well, I- I'm an integrationist. <laughs> we shall overcome someday. Not with that hair, you won't. You look like a hair hopper to me. I mean, your hair is really uncool. How do you get your hair so straight and, and so flat? With an iron, man. I play my bongos, listen to Odetta, and then I iron my hair, dig? The council will now meet in secret, debate your personality flaws, and come to a final decision.